This is Masters Cast, the first He Man and She Ra podcast, episode number two for Sunday, October 23rd, 2005. Thank you for downloading our second podcast. We're back for another week of great He Man and She Ra fun. I, of course, am John Callis, also known as The Shadow, and my two co hosts are. I'm Josh the Lion Court, also known as Lion Court. And I'm Katie Cartier, also known as Rainbow Bright. Before we start our podcast today, or the subject of our podcast, we got some voicemails, and we want to thank everyone that sent in a voicemail. And if your voicemail did not make it on today's podcast, do not threat. It may appear in a future episode. <laughs> to find out how to send that voicemail, go to masterscast.com and click on Submit Your Voice. Agree to the please terms. Send, please. Please. <laughs> So please send in those voicemails because we want fans, everyone, we want everyone on the podcast because it's great He-Man fun and we have the power. Katie, do you hear a telephone ringing right now? I do, John. Well, let's see. Be? Let's see. Let's see who it is. Caller. Hey, this is Mossman710179 on the He-Man.org message board. Just uh, stopping by to tell you guys a great show. Look forward to it. Hey guys, I found you on iTunes. The podcast was great, and I just wanted to thank you for letting me relive my childhood memories. Hey, this is Jess, and I just wanted to let you guys know that I I thought it was an awesome podcast. I was a little put out by the Thundercat bashing, but I guess it's okay. Thundercat did ha- Thundercats did have a really sucky voice acting group, despite my attempts to convince people otherwise. Um, you guys did a great podcast. I think you really covered all the bases. Uh, thanks, everyone, who called in and left left voicemails for us, and uh, we hope that you will continue to do so. Visit masterscast.com and click Submit Your Voice if you are interested in leaving us a message that may appear in a future podcast. All right, now we're just going to clear up some business from the first podcast. I believe Katie has a tiny little correction to make. I'm sorry, everybody, for saying that the Fright Zone was part of the Shira POP line of toys. I was wrong, but it came from the show. You know, you can get confused easily. But yes, thank you for correcting me and the rest of the fans. And we know everyone's going to forgive you because the Fright Zone is an awesome playset anyway. Yes, it is. The best. Yes. And we'd also like to say that we're sorry if we hurt any Thundercats fans' feelings. <laughs> I yes, we are them. very sorry for any slights that I may have made on the Thundercats. Because since I was primarily yeah. the culprit in that conversation. <laughs> Bad Josh. We we lift our hearts to all eighties properties. <laughs> Please forgive us. Yes. Okay. So now that we've cleared that air, podcast number two. We're all excited because what happens when you go to your local store that sells DVDs? Hmm. Do you know what you see on the shelves? What did you guys see on the shelves? <laughs> Do you know what you saw on the shelves? He-Man. Could it have been He-Man? It could have Well, been. I didn't see anything on the shelves. <laughs> well, did someone... However, <laughs> but I did feel the cover of the new DVD set, which is embossed and quite nice. Yes, it is. And for those who don't know, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the first and original cartoon from Filmation, is now on DVD. The first 33 episodes from season one is now out on DVD. It has an awesome green cover 
which has a lot of neon green on it that is awesome. And I'm saying awesome because that's an awesome word to use when you're talking about 80s properties. And it's radical, too. That's a ra- That's a radical green. <laughs> it's gnarly. It's tubular. Tubular. I like that one. So just go to your you know local store and buy it. Please. Se- season 1, Volume 1, DVD, is on DVD now. Please from BCI Eclipse. Yes, from BCI Eclipse, which is a great company. They put a lot of effort into this. And if you are having any problems with your DVDs, please visit He-Man.org's main page or TV shows on DVD.com. They both have the information on how to contact BCI if you have any problems uh, with your DVD set. So please still go out and buy them and uh, read the notice. All right. So first off, I guess we should start talking about the actual packaging uh, that the DVD comes in. Which, of course, we already mentioned has a lot of neon green that's tubular, as we decided. <laughs> but uh, it's great. It's a great pose of He-Man in the, you know, I have the power type pose uh, from the cartoon. It's all, you know, reproduced filmation artwork. Beautifully done, beautifully colored, beautifully drawn. It looks spectacular. Now, was this drawn by Emiliano? Yes, Emiliano Santalucia, which was also the artist on the MV Creations comic book series for He-Man. That was out during the revamp. Mad props to that because great comic, great artwork there. Boom. Now we have great artwork on DVDs. I I don't think, you know, anyone else could have done a better job. No, this is totally awesome. And of course, uh, Josh already mentioned that the cover of the DVD is embossed, which is great for you because... Well, since I can't see uh, DVD covers, it's quite fun to... um... Have one that I can experience, especially on the the level um, and as well done as the embossing is on these. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe logo are both embossed on this set. Um, They were embossed on the 10 best uh, DVD released last July as well. This one is actually even a little bit better. The detail is very well done in the embossing. And I would like to to sort of mention, too, that I have run across, uh, I think, only one other DVD set that I own with any kind of embossing on the cover, which is the Star Wars uh, original trilogy. I'm sure it looks nice, but from a blind person's perspective, which I happen to be a blind person, the um, embossing on the Star Wars set left quite a bit to be desired from a blind person's perspective. You couldn't really get anything out of it on these it's very easy to tell exactly what you're looking at, so to speak, in quotes. I can tell, you know, I can tell what He-Man's doing. I can tell he's in the I have the power pose, and the logo's quite clear, and I hope they continue to do that on the future packages. I don't know about you, Katie, but I love the inside as well with, with the quotes from episodes and how the DVDs, the artwork on the DVDs lined up with the background that was behind them on the uh, yeah. fold-out digipack. Did you like that too? Absolutely, and how they have the characters even behind the clear plastic you know, even when you take the DVD out, you've mm-hmm. got the artwork behind it. Yes. I thought that was super cool. And then the screenshots from the different episodes with the quotes that you mentioned, especially the one on the back with Orko. It's yeah. so cute. Yes, they chose to use the one uh, Orko hugging He-Man, which it just shows the sensitive side of the most <laughs> powerful man in the universe. <laughs> okay, now inside, before we get to the episodes, there are two art cards. I have to admit that I am not a fan of Alex Ross by any means. Okay, I'm actually kind of, you know, against Alex Ross. But, 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 I actually liked his art card. Besides yeah. Castle Grayskull, which I thought looked like more like the new Castle Grayskull from the revamp hmm. and Mike Young show. I did not, it should it didn't look filmation enough to me. 
You've got a point now that you mentioned that. But uh, I did like the, you know, his is only in pencil. It's it's not a colored art card. But I thought it looked great. I was kind of busy. I just I had to look kind of hard to tell who some of the characters were. Since it is so small, Mm -hmm. it would kind of work better as a comic book cover or or a poster, perhaps. But I did like it a lot because I you know what truly I was expecting him to do one of those standard poses of He-Man like he does for Superman or Captain Marvel where they all kind of look the same mm-hmm. and like you know they're grinning or whatever and I was like I don't want He-Man to look like that but props to him I didn't hate it cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's saying a lot I assume the other art card I will give uh, Bill and I don't know how to pronounce his last name but I'm sure comic book fans know how to pronounce his last name. And Why don't you spell it for us, Shadow? It's Sink- it looks like Sinkowitz. Sinkowitz? Bill Sinkowitz. 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 I could be wrong, but that's well, what it looks like to me. Someone can send us a voicemail and tell us how to pronounce it. Yes. However, I'll give it props for being inventive, if that's a word to use. <laughs> it was inventive. It's, in, it's not you know in the filmation style, which I don't really expect them to be. Right. But, I don't know, it was a little weird. But it was colorful. It looks pretty sexy, though. Yeah, she does. It's of Skeletor. <laughs> yeah, who and all Evil is Ed. on this card? Because I have no idea. No one's described them to me at all yet. Uh, oh, no. Skeletor, Evelyn, and Panther. Ah. Uh, I think Panther's on it. I don't have it yeah. in front of me. I'm sorry. I'm a bad host. I'm uh, looking at them both. Okay. Uh, perhaps you then, Katie, can tell us who's on the Alex Ross card. Alex Ross. Oh, let's see who all I can pick out. <laughs> he Man, Skeletor, Battle Cat. I'm guessing, yeah, that's Panthor. Who is this? Man-at-Arms, Evil Lynn, Tila. I guess that's the sorceress up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I remember the sorceress. Oh, who is that? That's Beastman, I'm guessing, on the left. I think I see uh, Ram Man, Stratos, some vehicles, the Castle Grayskull, like you mentioned. It's mm-hmm. all I... Or wait, is that too bad? Yeah, I think I see too bad in the background there. Oh, and Merman. The inclusion of Alex Ross, though, I mean, he is very, very popular. So I think that was a good move by the company BCI Eclipse that released the DVDs as a good yeah. He's promotional... also very popular. He's also very popular amongst Masters fans in particular. Yes, and I I thought that was a good move to include with the first season set because it, it's a mm-hmm. name. It's definitely a name that people know and and a lot of people respect in the comic industry and you know really want to collect his artwork. So that's great. Good point. But now, but now we better get into the episodes because. 33 remastered, they look beautiful and sound great episodes are on these DVDs. And we've all picked out an episode that we thought stood out on the set. Maybe one of our favorites, but we just we just feel it stands out that you should definitely check out when getting the set. Because I know a lot of times when people buy season sets, they don't actually sit and watch all the episodes. They kind of pick around, pick and choose which ones they want to watch. So you should definitely check these ones out, and I'm going to let Josh go first. Well, again, I'm a huge fan of the original series, so I'm pr- pretty much um, in love with almost every episode that was ever out. But the one I've chosen from this particular set is uh, always been a particular favorite of mine, and that's Dawn of Dragoon. In that episode, Orko uh, embarks on a mission back to his homeworld of Trolla where uh, the citizens are being bullied and enslaved by a villain named Dragoon. We do find out at one point in the episode he used to work for Skeletor. And, of course, He-Man follows him uh, to Trolla to try to help out. 
But when he gets there, he becomes Prince Adam again with no apparent way to turn back into He-Man on this very literally backwards world. Very uh, well-written episode. It is also talked about a bit in the docu- uh, in the writer's docu- uh, documentary on this DVD set as well. And uh, definitely one of the best uh, episodes from season one of the original cartoon series. What's great is it, it also illustrates why Orko's powers do not work that well on Eternia, but they work well, quite well, on Trala. Right, yeah, exactly. He, on Trala, like, he was known as Orko so. the Great. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I will have to mention that I also like the episode, but mostly I like it for this scene when Prince Adam figures out how... Spoiler warning. Spoiler spoiler warning warning if you haven't seen the episode. (laughs) To turn into He-Man, I love the scene because I love it when they change up the transformation sequence. And even though this isn't much of a change, it's still enough of a change for me. He says to say, Grayskull of power thee by to change, which is by the power of Grayskull backwards. And I just thought that was really cool. That is cool. Yes, that was also stood out for me as well when I was a kid. I loved the I loved the fact that that was different in that particular episode. Yeah, I always I always loved when in all the series when they tried to change up the transformation sequence. Anytime they, you know, just added something different to kind of spice it up. So, Into the great. Abyss is another great example of that. Yes, Into the Abyss is when he is turning into He-Man. We actually see the power going, going down and up from the Abyss surrounding Grayskull. So you get to see the oh, power, nice. the power coming down and around. And, you know, it scares the heck out of Tila <laughs> and her little Pookie, which was an annoying little creature that she <laughs> befriends in the episode. <laughs> and I'm sure Katie has an episode to highlight as well. I do, and like Josh, mine centers around Orko. Uh, I chose Damar the Demon because, first of all, I love Orko. Besides He-Man, he's my favorite character. And this episode is just really cute in some areas, so of course a girl like me is going to like it. In this episode, Orko is just bored, basically, and he finds a magic book that Man-at-Arms and uh, Prince Adam have been looking through, and finds a spell that summons Damar the demon. Because in the picture, in the book, at least the one that Orko sees, he's just a cute little harmless animal. So Orko summons him, it works, and they go off to play. Um, Little does he know that on the next page, it showed Damar going into a cocoon and then coming out as this huge, horrible-looking demon. So Orko goes off with with Damar, and meanwhile, Man-at-Arms and Prince Adam figure out what's happened because strange things start happening around the castle. And so they go to look for Orko. And in the meantime, Orko and Damar have gotten tired after all this running around and uh, want to take a nap. So Damar goes into this cocoon. In the meantime, strange things start happening at Snake Mountain, and Skeletor and Evelyn also figure out what's going on and want to go harness this power to use for themselves, of course. And I also found it funny, just... I'm sure she does this in several episodes, but Evelyn talking about how she wants the power for herself and not for Skeletor because she wants to get rid of Skeletor and be the queen or whatnot. Um, so that part was really funny. So yeah, they go off looking for Orko and all this crazy stuff starts happening. And then uh, when Orko wakes up, Damar is broken out of his cocoon and he's gone. And Damar has gone after He-Man at Castle Grayskull and he's going to summon all these demons from another dimension and wreak havoc all over the place. But... Orko comes along and says, no, wait, you're my friend. You know, you shouldn't be harming my friends and 
basically the moral of the story was that Damar's destiny was his own. He could choose what he wanted to do with it. He didn't have to do what was written in this book that he should do. And in the end, he does choose the right thing, and he doesn't destroy Orko or his friends. And he goes back to the other dimension. And there's a beautiful rainbow that goes across Castle Grayskull at the end, and I just love that, because everybody knows I love rainbows. But yeah, it's a really good episode. I like it. Yeah, uh, definitely one for people to check out if they are fans of Orko, which a lot of people are. They better be. Probably more than I am. But I like Lucky. Interesting so. that both of us chose Orko-related episodes. That is. Well, not to burst your bubble, but you're not getting a hat trick on this one. Because I am not <laughs> picking, myself, I am not picking an Orko-driven episode. Instead, Although he's relatively significant in this episode. Yes, but we'll ignore that fact. Because <laughs> I have other issues to speak of in this episode. My episode, which is one of my all-time favorite He-Man episodes... And it is Dragon Invasion, which was written by Michael Reeves, who a lot of people know from writing. He has written a lot of cartoon series. And he was you know, one of the co-writers on the famous Batman Mask of the Phantasm animated movie, which you know a lot of animation buffs and Batman fans love. And I also just want to note some significance that Michael Reeves is the only one to write for all of the He-Man series. He wrote for you know, He-Man. He wrote for the New Adventures of He-Man. And he wrote for the Mike Young Productions He-Man cartoon. So he's had his fingers in all the He-Man animated things, except for She-Ra. But we'll forgive him for that one. <laughs> but anyway, Dragon Invasion, the reason why I like it is because it is basically a, a classic He-Man versus Skeletor type you know, ordeal, uh, which is basically the, you know, the premise of the whole entire series. You know, good versus evil. And it's a really action-packed episode because... You have all these dragons running around that Skeletor has stolen dragon eggs. And, you know, Beast Man works with him and everything. And, you know, they're dropping these eggs all around Eternia. And they have them fixed so that after they hatch, the dragon, you know, grows, grows, grows rapidly. And, of course, wreaks havoc across all of Eternia, including the lovely royal palace. Oh, no. So, you know, you got you got a lot of that great even Skeletor and Beastman interaction where, you know, because Beastman, as you mentioned, Evil Lynn wants the power for herself. Beastman's another one. Mm -hmm. You know, I should be in charge. I'm Beastman. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, they all know they have to bow down to Skeletor anyway. And there were these, uh, the dragons they used are different than the rest of the series. Like a lot of people know Granomir, the, you know, big red dragon with the funny hat that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. who was created by Larry Dottilio, which, of course, you know, we all love. But uh, these were more fierce-looking dragons. They were very dark, a dark greenish-teal color. Uh, we really saw red dragons later on in the series. So we'll forgive these dragons because they don't talk. They're like your, <laughs> they're your regular run-of-the-mill dragons. They can't say, oh, I'm sorry, I just knocked down a wall in the royal palace. But a great scene in it which is, I kind of set this up earlier when talking about it, but they do a transformation sequence, you know, tune up in this where Prince Adam is about to change into He-Man, but the dragon is hitting into the palace and rocks. The, The ceiling falls down on Prince Adam, but the transformation goes, you see Grayskull appear over top of the rocks, then boom, the rocks, you know, are, you know, catapulted away he turns into he-man and everything is good michael reeves mentions you know he had a little issue with getting them to do it they weren't sure if they could actually do that with the stock footage system 
in the documentary. Uh, he gets more into that. But I just really feel that a lot of a lot of people like Dragon Invasion. I don't know if a lot of people list it as highly as I do, but to me, it's just a really good classic adventure action adventure story in he-man you know it doesn't get into an origin of someone you know it doesn't delve into tila's past or anything like that but you can't all the episodes can't be about you know learning something new Mm -hmm. some should just be entertaining to the viewer to in my opinion and dragon invasion is just one of the most highly entertaining episodes that i think is on the set because it's, it's just a really good classic tale and michael reeves is a really good writer now, there is one thing I'd like to throw in there about that episode, mm-hmm. if I may. That despite uh, what, everything you just said <laughs> about it being a great... I agree that it, it is it is primarily just a great action uh, story, a fun adventure story. However, there are two interesting things that come up in that uh, episode that are relatively significant to the Master's Mythos. One being that it is, if not the first, it's, uh, it's certainly one of the few times through the course of the series that Stratos's home home uh, territory, if you will, of Avion is mentioned by He-Man early in the episode. Mm-hmm. And also it's um, perhaps the only time and certainly one of the few times that any sort of currency on Eternia is mentioned when Skeletor talks about Merman having uh, acquired the dragon eggs for Eternian silver. Ah, hmm. yes, I'm not actually sure about that. It's it, a lot of times I know there are a lot of, you know, we're all obsessed fans, but sometimes <laughs> it's it's hard to, you know, even remember just that little detail. You, you sit and think like, did they ever mention, you know, Eternian gold, silver, platinum, whatever in another episode? It, it's really hard to recall that information. But yeah, I'm sure I, someone I, I, will. They certainly didn't often if if it was ever mentioned again. That was that always stuck out to me as a as a kid as well. That that was the only, that's the only time I have any memory of them mentioning anything like that. Well, there's three three episodes that we think you should check out and just more reason why you should buy Season 1, Volume 1 on DVD. And if buy that... If, now. Yeah, buy now. If that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, BCI Eclipse goes all out and gives us extra features. Woohoo! Because what, why do people buy DVDs? Yes, yes. Remastered quality video. And by <laughs> the way, in my opinion, the He-Man episodes, the the image quality looks so smooth and crisp. Mm-hmm. I have the Batman the Animated Series sets, and, you know, on one of their commentaries, they, they say about, well, the reason why, or, or someone, it might have been in a review, that why it doesn't look as great as, say, you know, a Justice League release now is because Batman the Animated Series was still animated on cells. Well, He-Man was animated on cells in the 80s, and it the image quality is 10 times better than the Batman animated series sets, in my opinion. And I've watched both of them. And I have to say, the rest, the restoration process that was on He-Man and the other Filmation cartoons, I assume, that the same process was used, was just phenomenal. And mm-hmm. it's just there's no better way to watch the episodes than on these DVDs. But Absolutely. that being said, the extra features, there are two new documentaries that follow in the same vein of the two documentaries that were also on the Best of He-Man DVD. And the first documentary is the, you know, the Secret Origins of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that really delves into how Filmation got the series and the trials and tribulations they went through to get He-Man on the air. We shouldn't go into a lot of detail about the documentaries because then you won't have to watch them. But there's some great information in in both of them. 
in the first one, it delves into uh, filmations. A huge part of it deals with filmation trying to sell the idea of the series they're going to be now making to Mattel to the networks. And then, of course, the second documentary is on the writers, what it was like for them writing scripts and trying to work within the budgetary constraints for a, a television series, uh, an animated television series that was going to run for 65 episodes. Can I say some things that don't give anything away? Yes, yes, please. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've got a little story I'm going to tell about one of the documentaries as well, so go ahead. Okay. First, I just want to say that Lou Scheimer is, like, the coolest guy. Like, I wasn't lucky enough to go to San Diego this year and actually meet him in person. If I had known how cool he was, I would have made more of an effort to be there. But his personality just came across really well, I think, on the documentaries. And he's just like that in person. Really? He oh. is great. He is just a great, really great person to talk to. And he would just sit, you know, sit there and actually talk to the fans. Wow. Yeah, You're like, I'm so jealous. He's absolutely awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he would just... You can tell. You could just tell by the way he talked about He-Man that he really cared about it. He has cared about it ever since the beginning. The things he did to make sure that nothing controversial or, or not controversial, but anything that could possibly have worked children's minds, I guess you could say, was not put on. You know, put on the show. He was very careful about that, and the fact that he's still he stuck with it. You know, and nowadays he still is. Uh, still cares enough to go to conventions, meet the fans, do uh, documentaries like this. It just really shows to me a, a great love for the series, and I think that's awesome, totally awesome. All right, Josh, your story? This is just a fun uh, little anecdote. In watching the writer's documentary, uh, Michael Reeves talks about uh, Song of Solis, and that in his script for the monster that appears in that episode, the monster had a long very difficult to pronounce name and they came back to him and said uh, we need a different name for this this name is way too long the actors are never going to be able to say it can you come up with something simpler and he said yes and the name he came up with was Yog well I just find it rather ironic and amusing that I happen to be a George Michael fan and I thought it was going to take a lot longer for me to associate George Michael into something Masters of the Universe while we were doing these podcasts. <laughs> oh, no, here night. it comes. <laughs> George Michael's real name is Yorgos Karyakos Paniutu. Well, I can see why long. he changed it. Yes, ex <laughs> right? yes, exactly. Extremely long, extremely difficult to pronounce. And his nickname that his friends know him by is Yog. Oh, that's too funny. So now every time someone sees that that green tentacle monster come out of the ground with Celise, you know, giving her, you know, tonal song, like, ah, or whatever she does. <laughs> Everyone can start going. You think of George Michael and like, Wham with his short up. shorts. And... Yeah. They could pretend she's singing one of his songs. See, we... <laughs> We've ruined so many, you know, uh, images for people between right. the live-action movie last week and uh, just this <laughs> week, but so be it. And about the credits, I didn't pay attention to the credits on the first documentary, but on the second, I noticed that they gave special thanks to Adam Tyner. Has he done anything recent with the fandom, or is that just acknowledging his original site that first got the online community started? I actually think, know? no, I think he did was in talks with BCI. I remember him posting on another message board saying he was involved, I believe. So hmm. Adam Tyner, and he's still involved with He-Man.org, but very much in the 
behind the background. scenes, behind the scenes, yes. background. Um, so he's still around, and you know, cool. he's still a He-Man fan. So, and we, yes, I saw that they did mention He-Man.org as well. Yes. in the credits, which is very cool. Yes, which of course, as we mentioned before, is the hub, the hub, hub the Masters of the Universe yeah. community, the hub. <laughs> we like to call it the org, though, not the hub. Yeah. So, <laughs> or the dot org. Yeah. In addition to documentaries and uh, all 33 episodes that you are receiving and the art cards and everything else that we've talked about, there are also a few other uh, extras, Easter eggs, and both English and Spanish language tracks on this release. Oh, yes. I wanted to mention, I thought this was awesome. I don't know if they've done this on any other DVDs because I don't own very many cartoon DVDs or cartoon DVDs from the 80s, as we covered in the last episode of Why I Don't. But... (laughs) I loved how they did they have they have the storyboard for the episode, one of the episodes. And really? yeah, they have the storyboard running basically full screen and in well full screen, yes. And at the bottom there's a little box that shows you the episode. And so you can match the episode up with the storyboard. It goes oh, along. Cool. So you can see the original, you know, drawings for for the episode. And I thought that was an awesome idea. Like I said, it might be on other sets. You know, other uh, properties may also use that type of effect. But I loved it. That was great. I sat there watching it. And it, it's just because I'm such a lover. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lover of television. I love how animation, the process that it goes through. I love a sitcom. I love a drama, how the process it goes through from writing to, you know, the conception of the series. And I just really love those types of behind the scenes where you see like, wow, so it went from this to this. I think that was a great extra feature to include. And I hope they do more of those in the future. So definitely check out those DVDs. They are action packed and very well done. Uh, We want to thank everyone for their voicemails. Please keep them coming. Uh, We'd love to do a fan highlight segment during each show. Please go to masterscast.com and click on submit your voice for more information on how to do that. And now for our very first fan spotlight. Accessing file. Fan spotlight. Greetings, Sansalia. <clears throat> yeah, let me start that over again. Greetings and salutations to one and all. I would first like to pay my respects to the hosts. I really like the first episode of Master's Cast. You're doing a fine job. Keep on the works. And I would also like to say hello to all the listeners of this particular ca- episode of Master's Cast. Be sure to visit the website, mastercast.com. And while you're probably wondering who the heck is this guy right now talking having this weird voice, because he's definitely not an American. And no, he's not British either. Nope, not Australian or German. But have you guessed it? I'll give you two seconds for it. Yes, we have Dan. You are right. It is Yukka from Finland. Yes, the name is actually pronounced Yukka. Though some of you may think of it as Yaka. I don't hold it against you, but you're dead wrong. It is Yukka. There's a U and a Ka. It is spelled with two Ks, after all. Last name being Isakainen, but who wants to know that? And just another fan like you. 
and I feel very honored to be able to add my own little story to the mix which begins in um, 1984 a little boy born on October 25th oh that reminds me <laughs> I have a birthday coming up yay but yes my first memories of He-Man are from 1988 I had seen the episode Diamond Ray of Disappearance the scene where He-Man is opening the jawbridge of Castle Grayskull was the definitive scene that really made it for me after that I fell in love with the series which was able to watch through a local channel I was so determined to learn the language that He-Man spoke. It was a starting point on all my English studies and I remember on that 1988 Christmas I was very anxious to get a Castle Grayskull toy set because it was the only thing remotely close to the cartoon. I mean the Snake Mountain toy set, toy set. I mean, it was god awful. This uh, it had nothing the quality of the cartoon version, and I for years I wondered why they weren't all looking like straight from the cartoon, because the cartoon was what made it for me on many levels. It gave me inspiration for my English studies. It started my whole asphyxiation with proper human anatomy on my drawings on the occasions when I try to be an artist which I am I collected the toys when I was young my father spoiled me rotten and uh, when the 1990s hit I just moved to the next hit products that were at the time in Finland I, it was the turtles and uh, I was very happy when I went online in 1997 and found heman.org and most happiest when I came across the episode review website which was just so much fun I had a great time talking with all the fans I've been in contact through the forums or just emails sent back and forth. I cannot think of any other 80s nostalgic fans who are more good people in general to be in contact with and make business with and just generally talk to than the ones of He-Man and She-Ra. Which is why I am very lucky that we are trying out this new podcast and uh, I eagerly wait hearing 
other he fans and she ravers stories of their childhood. Maybe we can generate some conversation, domestic or international. <laughs> Always talk against the hosts. But yeah, I think this is enough time spent on one fan. Perhaps I can come back at another date. I wish you all the best. I love from Finland. Yours truly, Jukka. All right, I just gotta say thanks again for sending that in. If anyone else would like to send theirs in for the podcast, just go to masterscast.com and click on Submit Your Voice. Very, very simple. Next week's episode, we're going to be focusing on the 1987 live-action movie starring Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella. We would love it if you would send in your comments. Go to masterscast.com and click Submit Your Voice. And you'll be able to do that so that we can include them on the next episode when we're talking about the live-action movie, just like this one from Jessica. I also think that The Masters of the University was absolutely amazing, the live-action film. And actually, on a funnier note, and something going with something that Josh said, Frank Langella was wearing an inordinate amount of makeup. He only had about two prosthetic pieces in his entire place on his entire face. Everything else was what they call caking in makeup class. <laughs> For those of you who are not girls, welcome to Makeup 101. <laughs> and now we have a very special guest to give you the moral of today's podcast. Hi there. Did you find where I was hiding today? If not, take another look. Oh, wait a minute. This is audio. You wouldn't have been able to see where I was hiding. But in today's viewer feedback, we learned that we must respect all 80s cartoon properties, even if we didn't enjoy them as kids. Huh, isn't that great? Okay, bye now. See you next time. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. There will be another new episode next week. Again, please, it's very easy to subscribe via iTunes. If you go to the iTunes Music Store, this is totally free. If you type in Masterscast into the search, you will find our podcast. You can subscribe to it. iTunes will download it, the new episodes for you automatically completely free. It's the easiest way. Or for more ways to subscribe, please go to masterscast.com. But anyway, I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Josh DeLioncourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. And I'm Katie Carty, also known as Rainbow Bright. Good, Good journey. journey.